This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. Nah, I don't eat eggs. You don't eat eggs? No. Ever? No. Scrambled? No. A hard-boiled egg? No. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Patrick Mahomes, the magic show, is here in Oakland pulling the rabbit out of the hat and handing the rabbit to Travis Kelsey. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. It's over! The Bullpups have knocked out Bishop the age! And for the ninth time in school history, the Bullpups stand atop the state of Kansas! Everything happening in the sports world. Touchdown! And even some things not happening in the sports world. So you're more of a traditional hark, Christmas hark music. Hark the Herald player. Angels sing. I like that. Hark the Herald Angels oh, yeah. sing. Yeah, I like that. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online, worldwide, at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me as always, the most popular man in McPherson with maybe the oldest shirt in McPherson on today. What year did you get that shirt, Steve Sell? I have no idea. Well, just based off of the printing and the logo, so it's a McPherson Bullpup shirt, and it's kind of a collared shirt, but it almost looks more like a t-shirt, mm-hmm. like the material of a cotton t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And there's... A bullpup that looks like maybe 1983. Could be. Maybe 1988. I'll stretch it that far. Could be. What? Where'd you get that shirt? What's it from? I have no idea. Because it has a half collar. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a collar that folds over. No. But there are three buttons that go up to the neck, and then sort of a half collar. Okay. Long sleeve. So, oh no, no, you're just wearing a shirt underneath. Right. So where'd you get this shirt? You don't have any re- any recollection? No. I just saw it, and I said, that's time to wear this shirt. <laughs> that's the way it goes sometimes. It looks good on you. It tells you when you need to do laundry. Well, that's true. Did you get any spaghetti on it? No. That spaghetti was really good, though. Tracy. My mother bought spaghetti for everybody. Meatballs, spaghetti, <laughs> bread. The same Italian place that Steve had last Friday. Oh, I mean, I'm I think that's beginning to be your new... Friday. Your new Friday tradition. Yeah. I'm telling you, you could be the godfather in there every Friday afternoon. Friday, like 1.15, you can sit over there and ponder, bring your laptop in and be able to get some work done, and people will come in and say, Godfather Steve, are the Bullpups going to win tonight against El Dorado? And he'll say, hmm, well, I bet I can find a way to get this one done. I know that ref, that Cody Stuckey, I bet I can find a way to figure out this game. I am the Godfather, yeah. Mamma Mia. Well, it was good. A Palazzo. I know, now I'm just waddling around the office. Clemenza. You know, Clemenza knows a thing or two about meatballs. Clemenza, he's the guy. He was the guy. I like Clemenza. I was listening to a podcast. You know what those are, Steve? That's what we do. I yeah. Think. yeah. I was listening to the podcast yesterday where they were talking about The Godfather. It's a two-hour breakdown from Bill Simmons and the staff over at The Ringer. And we'll put it this way. They love that movie. So they just I. talked about Clemenza, Clemenza, Clemenza. Clemenza wasn't even a main. He was just a supporting cast, though. He well, who who else sleeps with the fishes? Uh, Luca Brasi. Luca Brasi. He sleeps with the with the fishes. Luca's a little slow. He was just one big dude, though. Don't 
tell anybody else what the family is thinking. <laughs> what other rules do you remember from the Godfather? Because oh, you are the Godfather. Uh, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. I don't know if that was directly in there, well, but it's a good one. Yeah. I enjoy that movie. Did you know Al Pacino is really short? Yeah, he's like my size. I think he's shorter than you. I well, think I think be. you would tower over Oh, I'd Al post him up then. I'd take him down low and post him up. And that he had to wear some like women's high-heeled shoes in order to look taller. Okay. In the movie. Okay. Cuz he's he's a short fella. Yeah. What do people call you, little fella? My old my does. Yeah, he yeah. calls you little fella. Or a little guy. Little L- fella or little, little guy. Yeah. Well, I think you would tower over Al Pacino. Well, I'd post him up. Steve, are you excited about a busy weekend for the NFL, busy weekend for college basketball, busy Friday night for bullpup basketball? What's got you the most excited heading into this weekend? Honestly, Chiefs football. That's, what, that's got me the most excited. Because it looks like nobody wants to be outside with this weather. I do. Else. I love the cold, snowy games at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah. Hate it. Which seems weird, but those are the games I love. I don't know what it is about going to cold games or really snowy games or a rainy game. Well, I would think that would favor you, you the You remember Chiefs. it. Yeah, I think that would favor the Chiefs, though. The Colts, you think they're not used to the cold? No. Living in frigid Indianapolis? But they play indoors. That's true. They don't play a lot of games outdoors. Right. I went to a Chiefs game. I was probably 10, maybe 11, maybe, maybe somewhere right in there, and the Temperature at game time was about five degrees. Ew. Wind chill was like minus five. Ew. Steve, I don't think you would have enjoyed that day. No. But those are the games that you remember because you got to put your boots on. You got to put four pairs of socks on. Well, you I, got three sweatshirts. That, now that's what you do just to go I, to bed. I covered a Bethany game against your alma mater, Baker. Go Cats. That was as cold. That was the coldest game I ever. That's the one where I was on the sidelines and I had a pin. And it kept freezing during the game. I, they had blowers on the sideline. I'd go over and put my pen in the blower, and it'd kind of ride again for a while, then it'd freeze up again. Finally, I got smart, and halftime, I went and found a pencil. Was that the game where our guy, Coach Mike Grossner, had to lead the Swedes up and down the field? Uh, could have been. Charlie Richard was coaching the legendary oh, yeah. Charlie Richard. And uh, Bethany, I think, won that game, if I remember right. The Swedes. They had yeah. a good run at that time. Oh, yeah, they were really good. Thanks to Coach Grossner. He's the man. Well the great man himself so you're excited about <laughs> yeah well yeah he was part of it too yeah so you're excited about the chiefs this weekend let's say that you weren't a chiefs fan let's okay. say you weren't paying attention to what they were doing and you were just a fan of the nfl which of the four games this weekend has your ear the most is it Eagles saints is it chargers patriots is it cowboys rams is it colts chiefs saints eagles that is another interesting matchup. Yeah, that's really got my attention. you just don't know with this game. Because the Saints' first 12 games of the season, the best offense you've ever seen. All of a sudden, the offense kind of went away. Defensively, they stepped it up. But you don't know what you're going to get in the effort from the Saints this week. They didn't play last week because they had the bye as the number one seed. Then there's this Eagles team with Nick Foles at quarterback where it doesn't seem physically possible that they can win another playoff game with a backup quarterback, and especially the same backup quarterback, but especially, too, that the Eagles got blown out by the Saints earlier this year. Which means... But there's some Nick Foles magic. There's revenge. The game's in New Orleans. They're down in the bayou. I think, to me, for NFL teams, though, that week to rest at this time of year, I think that makes a world of difference because teams are just dragging... At this time there, we've talked about 
how long the NFL. Oh, season. it's crazy. Yeah, and there's guys that are you know there's guys that can't even hardly get out of bed, and then of course the teams that had the bye week, you know they they got an extra week of rest and sleep and had some days off. Sleep practice. in your own bed. Yeah, I think people forget how nice it is to sleep in your own bed. Oh yeah. Because when you go on the hotel, especially when you go on the road and you're staying in hotels in baseball, where you're gone for seven to ten days in a oh, row yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Now, I would imagine that the hotels that the Royals stay in have some pretty nice beds, but there's something about being at home, being in your own environment, being able to go make yourself a midnight snack if you need to. Yeah. There's something about being home, maybe back in the... 50s and 60s and you had to just ride on the bus and probably a single cot in the Hampton Inn where they were squeezing people together. That might not have been as comfortable, but I would imagine they live a pretty luxurious life right now. Chargers Patriots. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this game? Because Well, I did my picks today. You probably saw my picks. I did. Um, Like I said in my column, this game just screams of the Chargers winning. The Chargers. That's what I'm seeing. The Chargers should win, but my other motto is never bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick at home. They just don't lose, you know. And if they are losing, they get some convict come out to get the snow off the field so they kick the game-winning field goal. Remember that with the where a the, convict? Don't you remember that? Well, I mean, I know this game, but I don't remember a convict the, coming out. The field goal they got, they had some guy on work release, and he went out and he <laughs> and at halftime he. We're he, talking about the Vinatieri field goal against the Raiders. Uh, I don't know if that was the game, but there was a game where they kicked a field goal. They went out and they they xed off, you know, got a spot in the snow, got cleared a pad, and they kicked the game-winning field goal. Interesting. Yeah, it's funny that we mentioned the Adam Vinatieri. Patriots game against the Raiders in the AFC Championship game. I think it was 2001. and Tom Brady tuck rule. It was either 2000 or 2001, and that's the big takeaway from it was the tuck rule. You know what that game means in my head, Steve? No. It's the first NFL game that I have a vivid memory of watching. Okay. So I guess I would have been like five or six. Okay. And I had watched other games, and there are pieces of them that I remember. But this is the game that I can remember almost the entire second half of watching this game. We were at a family friend's house in the neighborhood, and I remember being glued to the to the TV. I think all my other friends that were five and six years old, they were running around playing with Legos or something, and I, yeah. was, I was the weird kid watching the game with oh, them. Yeah. But it's funny that that's the first game that I remember. Yeah. And then, of course, the... Super Bowl two weeks later, the Rams and the Patriots. It's the first Super Bowl that I remember watching. I have... Something's telling me, Steve, that this is the day, this is the weekend, that everybody stops believing, maybe not believing, but everybody realizes that Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, the Patriots are starting to decline. Yeah, I think this is the week that everybody begins to realize that. Now, I might look stupid. They might go win a Super Bowl with a roster that really hasn't been that good this year. But that's the other thing to look at. The Patriots have not been that good they're, this year. The only thing with, they're eleven and five, but it feels like they could be nine and seven. Yeah, but they go five and one in their division or six and zero every year. So those mighty Dolphins and Jets. They are lost tough one to, to the Dolphins. The Bills. They, yeah, they swept the Jets. They swept the Dolphins. So, you know. They win five or six and games. They were eight no at home. Yeah, eight no at home. So that means they're only three and five on the road. So something tells me that this is the weekend that in twenty years you'll still be around, but twenty years from now, 
we're going to look back to this weekend and go, that's the weekend that Tom Brady stopped being Tom Brady. That this team couldn't get out of the divisional round. They were at home taking on Phillip Rivers. But the Chargers have a great pass rush. They got a great defense. And then Brady's going to get knocked around. There might have been a little bit of that signed in the Super Bowl game last year against the Eagles that, ooh, are the Patriots still the Patriots? But I think this is going to be the weekend that everybody realizes, uh uh-oh, it's not the same team anymore. Yeah. And I might look stupid. Yeah. Especially if they beat the Chargers by well, 40 I stupid and last move week on. Going, I was stupid last week going 0-4. So. Yeah, you were 0-4 last week, and I was 1-3. One and three. Three, so yeah. much, much, much better. The other game that we haven't talked about yet is the late game on Saturday. Cowboys going to L.A. to take on the Rams. I don't remember if it was this round or if it was the... It, it must have been this round last year where the Eagles played at the Rams. And this exact same game, I believe it was still the Saturday night... And the Eagles found a way to win. The Rams' offense kind of went away. And similar to what we were talking about with the Saints earlier, Steve, the Rams, the Sean McVay experience, the offense, it's kind of dampered down. Yeah, it it, it is slowed down. Todd Gurley isn't picking up seven touchdowns a game. Jared Goff isn't passing for 450 a night. It has changed. But do the Rams on defense have enough to carry them if they don't? And does Dallas finally break this stigma, this curse of not winning a divisional game in 22 years? I went with the Rams, and this was, to me, this was an even game, and generally the home team, you know, gets three to seven points for being the home team. So I went with the Rams, but it will not... The Rams su- are seven-point favorites. It will not surprise me if Dallas wins, because it won't surprise me, you know, who wins any of the games. Because no. I've never seen an NFL playoffs that are so balanced. I mean, all teams that made the playoffs this year, all 12 teams, you know, they were capable of winning the Super Bowl. Chiefs, does having a young, first-time-in-the-playoffs quarterback impact this game? Because well, sure did, did you last see what week. happened last week with the three young quarterbacks? Yeah. They did not play well. Deshaun Watson, bad. Lamar Jackson, bad. Mitchell Trubisky, Okay, but not good enough not to win. Good, no. So 0 for 3 for the young quarterbacks. Yeah, I I think this is all about the start, you know, for Kansas City. They've got to come out flying. they got to get that crowd in the game because their defense feeds off the crowd. I picked the Chiefs to win, so I'm sure there's a stampede now to put your money on the Colts. But I just – if it's Alex Smith was the quarterback, I would probably pick the Colts. But then Mahomes, as I said in my call, Mahomes has got – he's just got that little something – you know, that just gives them that little extra boost. I, I wish they still had – well, I shouldn't say that, but it'd be nice if they still had Kareem Hunt. But, you know, Damian – is it Damian Williams? Damian Williams, I think it is. One of those Williams guys that they just signed to like a two-year or three-year deal. Uh, did a pretty good job, but he's no Kareem Hunt. I'm glad he's not on the Chiefs, Steve. Well, we'll I, put it that way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it would be nice if you could erase what happened – a year ago in this incident in the hotel room. Oh, and yeah. He'd be able to play. Yeah. But that's not the case. And will they be able to run the ball against a very good Indianapolis defensive front? And will the Chiefs pass rush, which has been its only strength on defense, be able to get through an offensive line for the Colts that has probably been the best offensive line well, as a unit well, that this Quentin year? Nelson, that rookie. Oh, he's crazy. Notre Dame. I mean, he's as good offensive lineman I've seen in a long time. What about Braden Smith? 
Former Olathe South Falcon. There you go. Evan Bame from Lee Summit West. They've got two guys on their offensive line from the Kansas City area. Okay. Braden, I did not know that. Braden Smith, while he was at Olathe South, he may or may not have beaten my Olathe East Hawks a few times. Probably so. He's about the freakiest looking guy I've ever seen in terms of just pure muscle and strength. I watched him in high school bench press 550 pounds three times. Ooh. Ooh. He's, he's freaky. Yeah. And they've got a great offensive line. How do the Chiefs, on offense, keep themselves in this game? Is it going to have to be a game where they're slinging it down the field? Do you think they're going to be able to run the ball? They've got to be able to run the ball because if they can't run the ball, then it's they're going to tee off. And let's face it, as good as the Chiefs' offense is this year, that offensive line's pretty pedestrian. I mean, there's. Really I don't not... think it's some horrible offensive. No, line, but it's, it's but pro- it's not great. It's like middle of the pack, probably in the NFL. Mitchell Schwartz has had a really good year. I think yeah. he was named a first team All Pro. Yeah. Left tackle Eric Fisher. He's been okay. The interior three have been the three that haven't been quite well, as Morris good. Morris, the center, Mitch Morris, he's been hurt a bunch. Of course, Tardif Duvernay, we lost him. The Canadian doctor lost him early. And then uh, Cameron Irving, he, he gets a lot of penalties, and he's very up and down. Do you think Chiefs fans, if things start to get a little sour early on in the game, Colts get the kickoff, drive right down the field and score, Patrick Mahomes pick six, it's 14 nothing. do you think fans begin to get a little sick no. in the stands? Do you think they start to get too nervous? I I don't think they get nervous until about midway through the third quarter. And if they're down 14. When do you start to get nervous? Right before kickoff. Because <laughs> I you just, have to take some Pepto. I don't believe in that defense at all. But I am picking the Chiefs. I am picking the Chiefs to win. And it's not a homer pick. I just I just think Mahomes is going to have a, one of those really good days like he had early in the year. Here's another important question that I've seen tossed around in the last few days. So let's say the Chiefs go out tomorrow and Patrick Mahomes is not very good throws for 215 yards three picks one touchdown Chiefs don't play well they lose Mm -hmm. do we think differently about this season for him or do we recognize how great of a regular season was was with just one bad game in the playoffs or do we start to think oh it's Andy Reid no. They can't win in the playoffs. No. It's Alex Smith all over again. No. Are you taking anything away from the regular season based off of what happens no. tomorrow? No, and I say that because their defense, if they had a mediocre offense, that team wouldn't have won more than five games. That defense is terrible. I mean, it is, it's it's had a couple good games. Last Well, the Raiders game. I don't know how you can count the Raiders game because, you know, Raiders are maybe a step above. John Gruden. Maybe a step above Clemson and Alabama. But – Give me Trevor Lawrence over Derek Carr. Yeah. Shots have been fired. Yeah. But I, I just think that with that defense, for what they've done, with as bad as that defense is, I, I think it's quite commendable. And they, you, in the offseason, I mean, if they don't use like five of their seven draft picks on corners or linebacker or defensive linemen, because their linemen are, you know, kind of getting up there in the years. But they've got it. And free agency, they got to go try and find the best corner there is on the market probably I don't know if Patrick Peterson's a free agent they tried to you know they talked about trading for him earlier in the year but they've got to find some corners Steven Nelson I mean geez 
guy's pathetic. What's your nickname for them? Toast. The Toast Brothers. The Toast Brothers. Yeah. Should be a fun one tomorrow at Arrowhead. Steve, we, we still got time. You want to go to the game? No. What if we could find some like $20 tickets in a booth where there was, where there was I don't. Wall. I don't sit in the cold when I can sit right in front of my big screen. TV. No, we could, we could get a suite. Well, yeah, a suite, yeah, but... No, I'm not going to sit in the cold in the rain, that's for sure. Okay, I'll, I'll let you pass there. All right, Steve, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll preview Bullpup basketball tonight inside the Roundhouse. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Jim Joyner, Steve Sell. Steve, do I sound miserable today? Yeah. In terms of my voice? Well, not bad. I mean, not it's not normal. But it's been a rough 24 hours. Yeah. You know, the good thing about getting a little cold for somebody in the, in the biz, as we like to say, in the radio business, is I sound like I have a very deep voice. Yeah. And it turns into being me talking a little slower. It's deeper. And maybe it makes me sound very good. When other days I sound like a pipsqueak that's squealing a little bit too fast. Like me. Yeah, a little bit more like you. Yeah. But it's harder to breathe. That's the only other thing. Yeah. But we'll get there. It's been 24 hours of, of sadness. Maybe not sadness, of just sickness. That's why I was surprised you went to Halstead last night. Well, I didn't want to go home and sit there and... Think about your sickness. Yeah, I figured I could go sit there and hang out with my guy, Lucky Kid. Did a good job broadcasting the game next to me. Luxter. It was it was a fun night there at Halstead. As Interesting I watched, watched the Swathers take on Halstead. Very cool gym. You ever covered a game there? No. Dragons. I was trying to come up with a with a clever name for it the whole time I was there. The Dragon's Den, the Lair, mm-hmm. the Moat, Castle, something. They'll have the Adolf Rupp tournament there. Yeah, that's week. coming up. They were all excited about that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, before we get into our tournament season in the next couple of weeks... Bullpups taking on El Dorado tonight at home. The boys... Homecoming. Yeah, it's homecoming night. Uh, there are three basketball... Well, four. J.C. Burkhardt on the girls' side is, is right. one of them. And then three guys. Jake Alexander, Kyler Hoppus, Jace Kinneman. Who are you picking to win? Oh, I Scott don't... Scott Radke's the other one. And Scott Radke might be wrestling down at Newton's. That's he right. Might, he might not even... Be, I don't know, you know... If he's in I, I want to put you in charge of some of those things like that. Homecoming crowning. I, I want to put you as the man in the vote. I don't pay any attention because I don't... I'm not... I'm not a big fan of homecoming. I, <laughs> I think it's just. I, I know Why it's. Not? A, I know it's a tradition, but to me, it's just kind of senseless. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just don't get into this homecoming stuff. Anyway, Bullpups taking on El Dorado on the boys' side. El Dorado is two and six, and they have a very good player in Jaron Kaler, who obviously keeps them in a lot of games. And they've played some teams tough this year, just haven't been able to finish down the stretch. On the girls' side, El Dorado has really struggled. They are 0-8, 0-4 in league play, and they've only been competitive in two or three games this season. Tonight is the one last game for these McPherson teams before they get into their midseason tournaments, whether it is the boys playing next week or the girls having a whole week off before their midseason tournament. Is there any sort of trap game with a night like tonight? It's homecoming. The weather's 
bad outside? Is there any sort of trap game here, or is not that for not the girls? I don't. I think just because the tournaments aren't like starting tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday, that there wouldn't be any sort of trap game mentality well, to not, this. Not for the girls because I I think that's going to be a running clock game. Uh, El Dorado will have a terrible time with the pressure. Don't be surprised. It's about twenty-five to four after the first quarter. I just think the Bullpups are going to come out and jump on them. Haven't been home, you know, but once in the last three weeks. So uh, I think they'll come out. They they they're due for a really good shooting game. They have not shot it well the last two games, but getting back home, homecoming, they'll be a little more pep in their step. Now the boys. They make everything interesting, but I, I still think tonight's one of those games where 15 points. In the old days, it would have been this had been running clock for sure, but this team just doesn't blow teams out. They just don't. Uh, and one reason to me is they don't shoot the three very well. Now they had the aberration game where they were 11 to 19 against Circle, but then uh, the other night they didn't shoot the three well. They kind of reverted back to where they were. I don't know if this is a really you know, Coach Kenneman always says he, this is going to be a really good shooting team. Uh, but other than the uh, circle game, they really haven't shown to be a great shooting team, just a okay shooting team. But I think inside, they can really torch El Dorado inside tonight. Well, and the girls and the boys are a little bit opposite in terms of playing inside versus playing outside, where the McPherson girls have had a hard time getting the ball inside, and they're not a particularly tall team. Right. They've got some really good post players that are 5'10", 5'9", that have great skill, but when you go up against players that are taller, oh, have longer wingspans, it makes like, it hard. Seems like all we've done is play players that are 6'1", and 6'2". So El Dorado, though, is more McPherson size. I don't think they have anybody that's over 5'9". I remember, I think, looking at the roster, I don't think they had anybody over 5'9", unless I just... Nobody over 5'8". Nobody over 5'8". So it could be a really good night for Maggie Lee, Cassie Cooks, Megan Eisenbarth inside, Hannah Hageman, she might take it inside. It's been a really good night for a lot of people when the Bullpups have played El Dorado in the past few years. I always keep on my spotting boards what everybody's career highs are. Mm -hmm. And there are four or five of them that are all career highs against El Dorado. And it helped last year that the Bullpup scored 95 points. With a running clock. With the first time they played. Yeah, with a running clock. I think they had about 85 going into the fourth quarter that yeah. night. First game of the season, too. Yeah. So, it'll be interesting to see with these two teams what kind of performances we get. Because there hasn't been a clean sweep night. And there have been sweeps, but not a clean sweep where both teams don't have any sort of problems. Where it's an easy night for both right. teams. A stress-free night for all the fans. Because one of the teams has played... A scary, stressful game every single exactly. game this season. Yeah. Which, in terms of an entertainment value, is very fun. Yeah. In terms of a stress level, gray hair starting to come in, it makes it a little more nerve-wracking. But it's been a lot of fun to be at Bullpup Basketball Games this year because, especially on the boys' side, every game has had so much energy in them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in the old days, you know, these were 30-point games before you even walked onto the floor and... And now, uh, you know, teams are looking at the Bullpups and saying, hey, they look a little more vulnerable this year, and, you know, maybe uh, we'll give them a good game tonight. I also think that, especially on the boys' side, the league is better this year than what we anticipated it would be. I think we thought Augusta coming into the year was not going to be as strong as they were. I think Bueller, we anticipated, would not be as good as they were. Circle was better than I thought they would be. Yeah. 
Now, we'll find out a little bit more about El Dorado tonight. Winfield, on the boys' side, was not quite as good as they were last year, but El Dorado, I would imagine, is somewhere about the same. And with McPherson taking a step back a little bit in terms of all the talent that they had on the floor and their scoring ability and three-point shooting, the field has been leveled a little bit more, and that's why you're seeing some closer games. Yeah, and but the bottom line is the Bullpups still haven't lost since they've been in Division Three. Girls have only lost once, so they still pretty much dominate league play. All right, one more break, Steve. We'll wrap things up after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Wrapping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. Steve, we've got some predictions to make, some guesses, I guess, that we can call them. It's not been good picking for you no. the last few weeks. But how about we start with some college basketball, something that I think you know pretty well, and I trust your opinion on this. Let's start off with the Big 12 games that are coming up this weekend, and then we can finish off with your NFL picks and give you some points against the spread. That work? Sure. Let's start off with Kansas State going up to Ames. Wildcats taking on the Cyclones. Iowa State in Ames. Last time they were there, big win over the Jayhawks. K-State had to overcome a 21-point hole. Is there any chance K-State picks up a win? No. Iowa State. Iowa State by 10. Oklahoma State going to Morgantown. The Cowboys are in the same boat as West Virginia where they've really struggled early on this year. Are you saying go Pokes or are you saying... Mountaineer. I don't I don't know what they say there. I think the Mountaineer. Country Roads. West Virginia gets it done. They they haven't won a conference game. Yeah, they're yet. 0 for 3. They are due theory. Texas Tech, the only remaining undefeated team in the Big 12 going to Austin to take on the Longhorns. Is it Reckham Tech or Hookham Horns? I think Tech gets it done. I, I just haven't been I watched Texas the other night and uh, I wasn't sold on them. The only top 25 matchup of the weekend, 25 TCU going to 23 Oklahoma. Are you thinking Horned Frogs or are you thinking Sooners? I'm going Sooners. I, I, TCU wasn't as good as I thought they were. I had them picked second in the conference, and after watching them against KU, I don't think they're the second-best team. Jayhawks going to Waco. Dangerous. <laughs> very dangerous. I think Steve's very nervous. That game is going to be at 3 o'clock, so I think Steve is going to need a whole bottle of Pepto-Bismol at about 3 o'clock on Saturday to stomach the KU game. And then what would be a worst-case scenario for him would be KU loses, it's 5 o'clock, the Chiefs are looking okay, and then they start to fumble things around. I, I think Baylor gets it done. Baylor just beat Iowa State at home. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith in this KU team on the road. They still do too many dumb things. Um, I think this is going to be one of those years where KU probably goes 8-1 and one at home and about splits on the road. They're going to lose five games probably this year. Let's conference go, play. Let's go through the NFL games. Steve's official picks. Well, you got them there. I don't have them in front of me. So, The Cowboys at the Rams. That'll be at 7-15 on Fox. Rams are seven-point favorites. What are your thoughts, Steve? I think I said 28-21 Rams. 
if I remember, is that what I had? I went away from it, so I'm I'm working my way back. Okay, I think it was 28-21 Rams. That's what you said. I think Todd Gurley's healthy now. That'll make a big difference. I just I don't think Dallas can score enough points. I you know they didn't really score a lot last week. I mean, but but uh, it's hard to imagine uh, their defense playing as well as they did last week. Chargers at Patriots. New England is a four-point favorite at home. Is it Phillip Rivers picking up a huge win in Foxborough, or is it Tom Brady continuing to win? Well, my head tells me the Chargers will win, but my motto is never pick against the Patriots at home. And what was my score? I think I had... You said 27 New England, 24 Chargers. Yeah. So you're thinking Phillip Rivers might get you a cover. Yeah. Last one. Before the Chiefs, Eagles at the Saints, 340 on Fox on Sunday. Are you thinking Saints or Eagles? I think the Saints win. Uh, I think uh, that week off helped them. They're going to run the ball pretty well. I just think at some point Nick Foles' magic has a uh, stop, and I can't remember what the score was I picked. It was 24-21 yeah. Final one, Chiefs hosting the Colts. Is this the year they finally win at home? Or is this just another one that we're going to tack up on the billboard? The blank game. The no punt game. I've got the Chiefs winning by three. I think I picked 38-35. Now that I see what the weather's like, that's probably too high of a score because it's going to get real muddy at Arrowhead. Maybe something like 28-24. But I had 38-35 as my official pick. Chiefs by 17. That's my bold prediction, Steve. That's a hot take. 2 o'clock is when our pregame begins on the Chiefs Fox Football Radio Network. Tomorrow should be fun. Chiefs by 17. Wow. I don't see that happening, but who knows? Feeling good. Wrapping up today's show, for Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll see you tonight at the Roundhouse. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by... Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva, Next Tech Wireless, and Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.